Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. In this weekly show, you'll catch two fund managers who'll share their views on a selection of listed companies, both here and overseas. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be notified of new episodes each week. And don't forget that all the views expressed are general in nature and you should seek your own advice before making any decisions of your own. That's all from me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the latest edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. Hello and welcome to Live Wire Markets Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm Ali Selby. And if you think 2022 has been bad for large caps, let's take a moment of silence for the small end of town. The small odds index has fallen around 26% year to date, meaning it is well and truly in a bear market. So to figure out how the pros are navigating this market environment, we're joined by Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial and Ben Rundle from Habra Investment Partners. As I mentioned there, it's been a really volatile year for small cap investors. Michael, I might start on you. Have you been buying the dip lately or selling the bounce? Neither really at the moment. By this sort of stage in the decline, we've already culled those businesses that we don't want to be in. Um, and we're just holding on to those quality names that we're happy to, to see things through. We're not confident enough to start piling money into the market. We're happy to sort of sit on the sidelines. We do have a sense that this has further to play out. So we're being pretty cautious at the moment before rushing in and buying stocks. How about you, Ben? Are you waiting as well? Yeah, we've, uh, well, our cash balance is pretty high at the moment. We've been in inflow mode. So more money's coming to the fund, we're sort of deploying that you know, as we see fit, but we're certainly not rushing out there and, and going berserk at this point. You actually told Livewire Markets that you're keeping a bear markets journal at the moment. I was wondering if you could share some of the findings from that. Yeah, I was hoping that wouldn't see the light of day, but I mentioned <laughs> it to James Marley that I was doing that. So yeah, each bear market, I, I like to keep a diary of what's going on, just things that I'm seeing on a day-to-day basis, because I think that you can learn from history and I also think that you can learn from the psychology of markets. And you know, if we go back to the, to the um, sell-off we had during coronavirus, I mean, the, you know, the, the day, I think it was March 23rd, the day the market bounced, I mean, there was just no reason to buy. We had Victoria and New South Wales closing schools. You know, um, Centrelink had lines that were 100 metres long. You know, I said myself, it's starting to feel very scary. A lot of people feel the depression is coming and it's hard to disagree with that. Um, there is not one person I spoke to who was bullish. So, you know, on the day where, you know, everything just seemed like the world was ending, that was the bottom of the markets. Mm. And I think that just tells you that, you know, at the bottom, there's no signal, there's no one saying, you know, now's the time. I mean, the bounce that we had in June, we had Seth Klarman, Jamie Dimon, James Gorman from Morgan Stanley, all in the papers saying that markets are getting worse. And then we bounced, you know, sort of 10 or 15% pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's no real answer to it, but I just feel by doing that and trying to keep a journal of it, hopefully it improves each time as you go through it. Sentiment indicators are looking pretty bad at the moment. Do you feel like we've seen peak fear yet or is there still more fear to be seen? That's a good question. I don't really know. I think it's all dependent on what happens with the Fed. Um, they've been pretty, uh, adamant on the fact that they want to increase rates as quickly as possible. Um, so that's what's driving the market. Until they stop doing that, it's hard to really see a, an equity rally. So that's sort of the key indicator that we're looking for at the moment. Have you and the team been looking out for any indicators? To yeah, I mean, strategy? absolutely. We've seen a lot of short interest come into the market, sort of reaching sort of peak levels that we haven't really seen since those crises of COVID and the GFC before that. So we'll be monitoring to see if some of that short interest comes off. Uh, things like corporate earnings. Uh, Goldman Sachs put out a good chart 
go back a couple of weeks now, which suggests that prices start falling often before earnings start falling, which is what we've seen. But then also prices tend to bottom before those earnings bottom. So we're just waiting for that point when corporate earnings start to come off the boil a little bit. Um, people are starting to get very pessimistic before then starting to maybe look um, and try and take advantage of that peak pessimism, which I don't think is necessarily set in with the realisation that corporate earnings, given all that's going on, are likely to come off now a lot, a lot quicker than many people were anticipating. But back to Ben's point, I think the key takeaway is when you first start to ease that cash into the market, it's going to be painful. It's going to feel like it's the wrong thing to do. It's going to feel scary. But the historic history suggests that that's often what you have to do. Um, really take that, that leap of faith, if you like, because there's no clear signal that this is going to be the bottom. Have you made any strategy changes to guess, combat those challenges? Yeah, look, like a, a lot of fund managers, we probably got drawn into that high growth, high PE space too much, and we probably had overexposure to that. So what we've tended to focus on is those companies with short duration cash flows and short duration earnings. Um, that is the businesses that are earning the money in the here and the now rather than focusing on those companies that have long duration cash flows, long duration earnings, that being the companies that might have a good story today, but aren't expected to see the fruits of that good story play out for a few years to come. So we're still happy to hold growth names, but they've got to be high quality growth um, and businesses that are growing and, and earning money today. Okay, over to you. Have you made any strategy changes to combat the challenges we've seen this year? Not so much strategy changes, but you tend to find that your portfolio composition changes around a little bit. So, you know, some of the lower quality names that, you know, you think, well, okay, they're, maybe they're not lower quality, but maybe the earnings are just being pushed out, as Michael made that point. Um, you know, you start to cycle out of those and, and, and focus on, you know, good quality businesses that maybe you haven't been able to own in previous cycles because they've been too ritzy in regards to their valuation. You know, these are the sort of markets where you can pick up really high quality companies and do so at a reasonable price. You mentioned earlier that you're sitting on a little bit more cash than usual. How much cash are you actually sitting on? Uh, we're sort of between 25 and 30% at the moment, which is pretty high for us. Uh, you know, we're not in a rush. We've been putting some to work, but it's sort of been building up with the inflows we're getting into our fund as well. Where have you actually been putting that money to work? Which sectors do you feel like will lead a recovery if we see one in the next few months? Yeah, sectors that lead a recovery, I mean, I think the ones that have been the most beaten up, um, you know, if we do see a, a recovery, it's probably likely to be a, a very fast one and then you tend to see the high beta names. So, you know, the platform providers, Hub, NetWealth and Premium probably run pretty quickly because um, they'll start to get inflows into their, their businesses. So it's those sort of things that, you know, you think will do well in a, in a good market environment that at least have an earnings um, base to them at this point in time. How much cash are you holding at the moment, Michael? Yeah, probably between 15 to 20%. Uh, we've got a lot of clients who've got cash holstered, ready to go, but we're sort of pumping the brakes on that for now. Um, so yeah, 15 to 20%. Some clients even, if they are nervous and they want to sort of smooth out that volatility, might even look at some inverse, uh, inverse leveraged ETFs, for instance. Um, you can get that on the, the NASDAQ or the ASX, and that just gives you a bit of downside protection. Obviously, if the markets rally sharply, it's going to do some damage, but it's mm -hmm. the price you pay for that insurance. And it's not for everyone, but it's definitely conversations we've had with a few people. Which sectors do you feel like will lead the recovery? Yeah, like Ben says, probably the ones that have been beaten up a like lot. The long probably, duration yeah, stocks. Just potentially, but I think a lot of the quality growth will probably rally quickest. Um, and things that have come back a long way, like Seek, realestate.com, things like Megaport, we own those three companies, for instance, and we think that 
those businesses, although they've come back a long way, once the, the horizon clears up a little bit, they're the quality names that people will feel more comfortable in jumping in and you'll see them sort of rally quickly. My, my fear with some of those um, higher PE, higher growth type names with the extreme valuations is people might glance over those initially because there's no, there's no need to chase poor quality at this stage in the cycle. I don't think people can pick very high quality names which have come back 30, 40%. So there's probably an argument to suggest that there's no point in trying to chase that high risk at this point because there's a lot of bargains or a lot more bargains on the table than were there a year ago. Well, that's all we have time for today. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Buy, Hold, Sell. If you did, why not give it a like? Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're adding so much great content every week. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis and insights. Register for free online at livewiremarkets.com and you'll discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts.